It's time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646 716 4972. Now, here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. It's Monday, January 11th, 2021. I hope your new year is off to a great start. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals and is for mortgage professionals. And we're so grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. In our hot topic segment today, we've got Dan Putney here with me. Dan is vice president of sales. He's also a managing director with the financial and we're going to be talking about a recent survey Finastra did. They surveyed 301 consumers and 34 financial institutions. We're going to share the results of that survey. And the purpose of this is to share with you some insights that Finastra picked up that you might want to use as you prepare for the new year. It could be very interesting. Also, be sure to check out last week's podcast where we had Dr. Michael Frantoni on from the MBA. He is the chief economist at the MBA and uh, some great insights. So this whole month of January, we're putting together a series of podcasts that are really going to be helpful to you as you get ready to plan for the new year. So last week, Dr. Michael Frantoni, this week, Dan Putney, we've got a number of other guests lined up that are going to be very, very exciting, including Doug Duncan, Chief Economist for Fannie Mae. Very excited about our lineup for the month of January. We want to say a special thank you to Industry Syndicate. Go check out all the podcasts on industrysyndicate.com as well as Mortgage Media. We want to also say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Check out last week's podcast with Michael Frantoni. And then again, this week, we've got Finastra and Putney joining us. And we have Lenders One. Say a special thank you to them. Justin Demolio gave a great podcast back in June. We're going to have him on again in the first quarter of 2021. Also, the Mortgage Collaborative. Tom Gallucci was on on December 7th. That was a really interesting interview. Check that one out. Also, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America. Michael Jones was on on September 21st. Be sure to go back and listen to that podcast. Also, we have Intercom, which provides automation, outsourcing, and compliance solutions to the mortgage industry. Check out the interview we did with Linda Bomar on August 31st, 2020. Also, special thank you to Josh Friend, who is a sponsor he owns Incelerate, which helps lenders close more loans by engaging more effectively with borrowers, prospects, and past customers. Go back and listen to the interview back on August 17th of last year. Also, we have Celebrity Home Loans. Also, we have Mobility RE and Modex. Now, they operate in the same space and that both companies help you recruit top loan officers, but they actually complement each other and encourage you to check out on our sponsor page both of these companies and learn more about them. Pick the one that works best for you or do what some of our clients do and that is retain both of them. Also, we have VendorSurf, Vidyard and also a special thank you to our regulars, Alice, Allen, and Matt. Welcome to today's Hot Topic segment of the Lickin' on Lending podcast. Very excited about our guest today. We pre-recorded this last week so let's get right into it. Folks, I am so excited to have Dan Putney here with me. Dan is Vice President of Sales 
He's also a managing director with the third largest fintech company in the world, Finastra. And we're so honored to have Finastra as a sponsor. I'm honored to have Dan joining us today. And not only is he a client, a friend, but he has really become someone special to me. But we're here to talk a lot about a recent survey Finastra did. And I think there's some really interesting insights that are going to be great for our listeners as they plan for this new year. We just had on uh, last week, we had Dr. Frattentone who is the chief economist for the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. And he talked about how purchases are going up and a good chunk of those new purchases are going to be millennials. So the information we're going to be talking with Dan about today, listeners, is really timely. It's fresh off the press. And we want you to plug this into your planning. And then also, as you look at technology, it's one of the biggest components of the success moving forward in the new year and into affinity here in the mortgage world is having the right technology partners in the process. So we're going to mix some of that in here as well. So Dan, again, let's get started. Good to have you here. Let's talk a little bit about the survey. What was the catalyst for the survey? Will you guys provide information for clients? Is this a service for your originators, the companies that use your technology? What was the purpose of this survey? Yeah, great question. So Finaster has always been the leader in providing that end-to-end mortgage technology. Everything from that digital point of sale through the loan origination system and even into servicing. We've been around for 20 years. I mean, we started this in 1997, I believe it was, as MortgageBot. And in order for us to continually enhance our system, see what the trends are doing, see what our customers and their customers are looking to do, we do surveys similar to what we're going to talk about today. And this was one that we did over the past six months amid the COVID pandemic. And we reached out to our financial institution clients and also their customers. In fact, we did survey with about 301 customers of banks, as well as 34 of our clients to really get a good idea of not only what our banks are thinking the trends are, but what are their customers saying? And do the two line up? So we put together a white paper and David, I'll thank you right here and now for joining us in that and giving some of your feedback as we're putting together a white paper. And I think we've even got a couple of quotes of yours built into this. We can make this survey available to our listeners via link if I am correct on that. Is that correct? We can make this available? Absolutely. So listeners, go back to our show page for this podcast for this particular interview, and you can download the link. So I start off by talking about referencing the interview we did with Dr. Michael Frant and Tony last week about the purchase volume and the growth and what's within the millennials and within the ranks of the newest entrance into the mortgage, and that's the Gen Zers. My daughter's in that group. She just got married. They're getting ready to buy their first home. They want to start preparing for it. It's interesting. They do not really want to talk to anybody yet. In other words, they don't want to engage anybody. They want information. And one of the first questions you put out there, buyers seeking guidance from lenders. It's interesting that this survey turned out the response that it did. I want to talk about this briefly because it came in, I feel I know enough to buy a home. 58% of people responded. I'm wondering if that's more of a older demographic because certainly the newer demographic, they've never bought a home before. Talk to that. Yeah, absolutely. And when you look over the past six months and where rates have been, I think there's been a lot of refinances and people who have bought more than one homes in older generations. So yeah, I I do think there's always going to have that group of people that have bought a home before. But what's interesting is whether they feel they know enough to buy a home today or they want to learn more. Only 11% of the people said, "I, I know everything I need to know. 
know. So there's definitely that need for education throughout this process. I go back and I look at the number one Google search regarding mortgages is how much home can I afford, right? Mm. So we start looking at how do we build our website as a bank to put the content, the order, how it's organized on the site to be able to educate our borrowers, not only in what the rate is for today or what the interest rates are for particular 30-year fixed or whatever, but it's how do I educate them on the entire process? What we find, and we'll see even later in the study, is a lot of the stress comes by just not feeling educated. So we know within MortgageBot, we provide a lot of digital solutions, right? But we also know that if we can provide that rate, fee, payment information upfront, that 72% of the time, they're going to go through and apply for that loan. And they're going to look for loan status, and they're going to look for educational tools along that process. And you brought up your daughter, David, and newly married and buying a house. I look at my kids who are first year in college and going through COVID of their senior year. So that idea of learning through the internet and digital is stronger than it's ever been through this COVID environment. If they expected me to help my kids get through calculus, they got another thing coming, right? They have to provide those tools. So we've learned not only through our kids doing that, but also how important that education is as we're building this out. And we'll see it even more in the process as we go a little bit further into the survey. Well, I think it's really important to point out that the younger generation needs information. And while they may know enough to buy a home, they, it's the financing of the home that really gets where the complexity is. And I did not realize that that was the number one search in Google. That's an interesting data point. I'm glad you brought that well, yeah, up. Yeah, under mortgages. Yep, absolutely. So Dan, one of the things you point out in this survey is that borrowers seem to be wanting to be educated on the process. 72% said that. Talk about this question and what you've learned out of this. A lot of that process is timing. We automatically assume somebody is going to buy the house or they've got the closing costs, but there's so much stress built around the process, right? We know when we lock a loan, there's a certain period of time that that lock is good for. And if I'm looking to purchase this home on a lower interest rate where rates right now are ultra low, then I know I've got a short window in order to lock that and get through the process. Or right now with the inventory so low in the real estate market, I could lose a loan if I can't close by a certain date. So the stresses that are built into this are extremely high. And I think no matter what we do in life, the more educated we are, the less stress we have about that situation. Same goes into purchasing a house. If I know, hey, these are the documents I'm going to need. This is the process that we take. And this is how long typically you should be able to expect, right? You should get an approval almost immediately through the website, but then the underwriter is going to call you or the processor is going to call you or ask for information, or it's going to be provided provided right away through a digital experience. So if that education is up front and I know the time frame, well, that just takes some stress away from me. If I know the rates and how to lock loans in those pieces, again, it's less stress and it's going to allow us to get through this process as well. It's really interesting that 72% of the respondents said, I know some, but I would like my lender to educate me on the process. So educating through the entire process is so important. How do you do that through your mortgage spot solution? 
I think it starts out by going back to that first customer question of rates and fees and being able to provide real-time rates in the system right at the beginning. Not only know what the rates are, but also know what the fees are, what the city, county, state taxes are going to be on the property and how that's going to affect my payment on a regular basis. What exactly will that payment be? I think that's probably the number one thing that they want to get their arms around. Also within the system, we can build this website out to however you want it to look and feel for your branding and for questions and FAQs and being able to provide that education up front. We're also seeing people who are providing videos on their website of giving some tutorials on what to expect throughout that process. So there's tons of tools today that you can build in. You can build in a chat feature into MortgageBot. But the beauty is being able to have that real-time rate fee payment and being able to walk through in a very easy-to-use system, right? Even through the application process, having a very easy-to-use where we're only asking questions that pertain to that borrower, almost like a TurboTax type question right. as well. Yeah, that's really good. A number of us referenced TurboTax as kind of this gold standard on how to walk through a complicated process. Nothing more complicated than taxes. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, Mike Frantoni last week talked about how interest rates might be going up slowly, but they're still at the lowest levels they've been at in decades and decades. So that really brought about an interesting and probably a predictable response to the question is, when do you expect to purchase your next property? Talk about the responses you got from this survey. It's funny, the consumers we're saying, I think there was 12% or 13% said between zero and 12 months, where the majority of them were looking 24 months or greater. But when we looked at the financial institutions, 57% of them said in the next zero to 12 months. No, I think your quote here about COVID has really changed things. I think people, what they want to buy as a home is changed. They might thought they want to live in the city in New York and get a flat there. Now they're going, what? Well, I'm not sure <laughs> in the city. I want to get outside. I need, you look at new listings. There's a whole shift and what people are looking at. I think it may be driving the timeframes as well. Absolutely. I don't know about you, but I've been spending a lot of time with my family in the house and I'm so happy. I have a backyard and I have a place to get out and walk if needed. And so I think that transition from urban to rural has been very strong. I think many people on this call have probably seen that in where their borrowers are moving to buy houses. I think the other thing in this dynamic is the ultra low interest rates. So again, it comes back to that affordability question of can I afford it today at these low interest rates and how long are they going to stay that way? So as you said, somebody on a previous show had said it looks like the purchase markets continue. I could see that if we can keep these low interest rates and COVID acting the way it is, I think there's a lot of people that had learned some lessons through that and have moved out to the rural areas. Yeah, I think that's going to impact the timeframes. It's interesting that 57% of the banks say zero to 12 months is what they anticipate, and yet consumers are saying 24 months or more. I think the demand seems to be shifting to the shorter timeframes as we get the vaccine out and people want to get moving. David, that comes back to a little bit of education. Banks are a little better informed on what the rate market is doing and how it affects a payment, where I think the consumer's catching up. And I think there's probably a, a little bit of an unfair advantage for banks in that question. Yeah. The next survey, which you asked about how consumers select a mortgage lender, very predictable here. 42% yeah. say rates. Talk about your uh, survey here and the difference between the bank's results and the consumers. I think they're both right on track. I don't think it's any surprise that the number one thing that somebody looks at is rate. Again, going back to affordability. And we look at MortgageBot as a tool that provides that ability to do that research. So banks can be more competitive. They can put that information right up front 
to allow them to compete on the rate side of it. I think the other piece to it was when you ask the borrowers, the number two thing for a consumer was loyalty. You look at loyalty and you immediately tie that to a trusted advisor, right? Somebody I can trust is who I'm going to be loyal to. So you tend to see that now move a little bit more to that relationship, right? Whether it's a relationship with a community bank or credit union or a loan officer they have worked with for many, many years, that's going to come into play. It's not going to be the first thing by any means, but it will be number two on their list. Again, tying you back to education. The better you can educate them, the better relationship, better loyalty, trust, all of those pieces. Yeah, I think it's really interesting when you compare the results of the survey. Consumers are about the relationship. And we've always said it's a relationship business. That's the number one thing on here. That should be driving some of your strategy. Another contrast between banks and what consumers are saying, what is your preferred way to apply for a mortgage loan. Talk about this. Yeah, I mean, I think the number one way as we look at this is really that digital online. And, and that's no surprise, especially in this COVID environment, right? We're, we're now ordering all of our food. We're living on Amazon. We're doing our takeout orders from restaurants. But being in New York, David, we're pretty locked down here. So everything is done online. So it's no surprise that if you're comfortable putting in your credit card and putting in your information to Amazon or multiple other online vendors, that it's only natural that as you start moving into larger purchases, that you're comfortable with that way of doing business. I think I think the key piece, though, is as you start to look, whether it's desktop or mobile or through the phone call, those types of pieces, it comes down to having multiple channels that allow somebody to get a consistent experience. We realized that many years ago with MortgageBot, as we were building it out, allowing the ability for somebody to start an application, whether it's on a mobile device or a desktop, doesn't matter. They can go back and forth. Or maybe they start there and they realize, wow, this is a little bit more complicated than I initially thought. Let me call up that loan officer and see if I can finish this over the phone or in the office or at Starbucks or maybe in my living room with them. But the key is having that consistent experience. The last thing you want is to go online and get one rate and fee and then you meet up with a loan officer and they go, oh, wait a minute. Well, it's now going to be this rate and fee. So it's that consistency across all channels, not only with the rates, but also when you start looking at the process, right? Starting here and then moving through the process. So we've always allowed that. We've always figured that is the most important thing if you're going to move to a digital channel is to allow multiple ways to do business with that customer so you don't lose them. Mobile is important, but it's interesting in the consumer analysis on this that 34% still feel they want to go face-to-face, but everyone seems to want to start the process. 52 to 57%, very good alignment there on how they start the process. Then at some point in time, that relationship part of the component, which brings you to the face-to-face, which may be face-to-face Zoom or some type of screen sharing technology, but it has more of that relationship. There is great information as you plan your future and what you're doing. And that's the purpose of what we're trying to offer here. So, Let's talk about what consumers say is the time frames. There has been, again, some decent alignment between what a consumer's perception of the time frames are and a bank's perception. Let's talk a little bit about time frames. Yeah, so when you look at borrowers and consumers in this survey, 37% think it should be closed within three to 15 days, right? <laughs> so that yeah. comes down to how well educated they were in the process. I think where we begin to get in alignment is really that 15 30. to 30 days. I think this is where banks 
banks and consumers start coming together and go, okay, I think this is more realistic. It might get a little bit longer in some cases, but we look at this throughout our mortgage bot solution is data, right? How can a bank use data to know their process in the length of time it takes from application to closing? And what are the bottlenecks within that process in the operations that can slow me down? I think so often we look at data as being reactive, right? In most cases it is, right? This is the time it took where I think we need to start looking at data as more in a prescriptive and predictive way to now, how do we build this out and look for borrowers that we can meet expectations with and look for moving our processes to do that. And I say it because it's not only looking at the underwriting process or particular underwriters who may take longer than others. We also have to start looking at investors and maybe one investor takes twice as long as another to be able to do that. So it comes down to those pieces as well as integrations, right? And how do vendors now start to come in? If I can now pull income and assets through Form Free or Docs through Doc Magic or whoever up front, that's going to allow my process to move much quicker. Again, it comes down to speed because we know speed is what drives loan lock rates. It's what drives closing dates and all of those pieces. So we've created within MortgageBot a dashboard around data, right? So you can see right from a dashboard, not only what are the demographics of my borrowers, and maybe we can come up with more of a product because we understand that looking at the peers, um, MortgageBot has over 1,500 banks and credit unions that use us. We can see not only what you're doing, but let's compare to all the peers in the marketplace. Maybe only the 10 that really are closest to me. So we can now start saying, how do I compete with others? How do I decrease my turn times and get better speed within the market? How do I use data to do that? And I can get real-time information through Microsoft and Power BI relationship that we have to be able to have these dashboards. That is really interesting. What do you view as stressful in getting a mortgage? Talk about the results. Yeah, so there's multiple pieces in here. I think the number one comes down to stress, right? We already spoke to stress. I'm not going to build off of that and speed and all of those things. But what it comes down to is what is the comfort level of a consumer to do business through a digital channel. And as we look at where are they most comfortable, what surprised me a little bit, and I think it's because the consumers are more comfortable than even the financial institutions, is the e-closing side of it, right? And how they have no problem doing it. However, on the financial institution side, maybe 81% for consumer, but only 72% of the financial institutions being comfortable with it. Well, as we all know, there's multiple reasons for that, right? It's not just what the institution feels, it's who are we selling it to? What is the state we live in? All the multiple factors that go into the regulatory and compliance piece, which as we know is loosening up. The second thing that they're most comfortable with is sharing documents. 71% have no problems uploading documents. We're proud of MortgageBot because we were able to build that portal to allow documents to come in. And we've had this for many years now to be able to not only upload docs, but also check the status of your documents, your loans, your appraisal, all of those pieces right up front. So comfort level comes with ease of use. We've got 63% who are very comfortable applying through a digital channel. When we look at the financial institutions, we've all caught on at this point, right? In fact, David, even in the mortgage bot solutions, we're constantly enhancing that as well. In fact, we now, through all the early changes, have gone through all of our LOS screens and updated them into a very easy to use 
refreshed look and feel for that user experience, not only for the borrower, the consumer, but also for the bank who is our user. Dan, you have a conclusion slide here. It's uh, one that I encourage everyone to take a look at. Interesting information. Cover the data here. Yeah. So we put the survey out to 301 paid consumers, right? We paid them to do the survey so we could get some accurate information. And we found that the majority of them were between the ages of 25 and 64, but the largest group was really that 35 to 44 year olds. Again, I think this group is very comfortable with that digital experience, but this was throughout the U.S. We had a very wide range of both consumers and 34 different bank clients that we used throughout the U.S. to do the survey. It's really interesting. And you also get into the future of finance. The future of finance is open. Talk about this survey and the demographics behind it. I think as we wrap up the survey and we look at Finastra as a whole, we're committed to an open ecosystem. We have a platform called FusionFabric.Cloud, which is working directly with Microsoft to build this out, which allows integrations with vendors, with third parties to provide that cutting edge experience. We always want to be the smartest and most innovative company out there, but we've realized that there's some really cool technologies that are hitting the market and we want to be able to allow our customers to use that. So by providing this fusion fabric that cloud, that allows them to do it. So I say that because that is one part of Finastra. That's how MortgageBot works with Finastra. So I know we're talking about mortgage today, but as we start to expand even the mortgage solutions, we're pulling into our new Originate platform that we're going to be having here in the next couple of months, account opening and consumer lending and business and commercial lending. So if you're looking at expanding your product lines to even past mortgage, this is a great place to start. There's a lot of great information in this survey, folks. I can't wait for you to avail yourself of it. So go to the Liquid Unlending website and specifically to this interview. There's a link in here which allows you to download this. Great information as you're planning 2021 and beyond. We're trying to help you plan for the future. Dan, I want to say thank you so much for taking time. Great. Thanks for having me, David. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Dan Putney. Again, all of those programs for the month of January is designed to help you as you get ready for the new year, 2020. As we wrap up today's podcast, again, I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, also Indicom, as well as Incelerate, Mobility RE, and Modex. We're also grateful for all our regulars who are joining us each and every week on the podcast. And most of all, we're grateful for you, our listeners. Thanks for being with us this week. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.